Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, everybody. Glad you're with us. This is the Chosen People Program, and we're so glad you joined uh, this uh, Bible study today where we're going to be speaking about uh, the rebellious sons and daughters of Korah, along with Korah himself. And one of the great good but bad examples in the Bible of, of what happens. And, of course, we understand that rebellion against God is sometimes expressed in our rebellion against man, particularly against spiritual leaders. And that's the story that we have uh, here today. And uh, in just a moment, Bobby's going to read a little bit uh, of the story. But I just wanted to let you know that I recently returned from Israel, where I had an incredible time of ministry. And we were able to see what God is doing in the land. And uh, as we enter this sort of post-COVID era, uh, Israel was under multiple lockdowns. And now everybody's out and about taking uh, care, of course, but... You can sense the darkness uh, and the oppression lifting a little bit, and Israel's kind of getting back to normal. I tried to get in twice a year ago and uh, didn't make it, but this time I did. And so if you've been thinking about taking a trip to Israel, I would say your time has come. And God is doing a wonderful work in the land of Israel, particularly among young people, a lot of young adults who are opening their hearts uh, to the Lord. And so, please pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And now as we look at uh, Numbers chapter 16, I hope that you'll have an attitude of uh, open ears and hearts filled uh, with uh, a desire to know the truth of God's Word and to apply it to your lives. And we'll do the best to lead you through uh, this chapter or a few of these chapters. We won't get to all of it in our short time but we'll get to a little bit of it, and I hope that'll be a blessing to you. So welcome, Bobby. How's Brooklyn today? Yes, shalom and welcome, Mitch, and shalom and welcome to uh, all of our listeners. We're very happy that you're joining us today. And Mitch, Brooklyn is nice, actually. Uh, the weather's been, uh, you know, pretty pretty warm. Uh, but Warming we're, up, we're, huh? Yeah, warm enough. And uh, welcome back from Israel, Mitch. We were praying for you here, and we're grateful that you're back stateside. Um, so. Let's get into the text, though, Mitch, because you you set it up nicely here, uh, talking about the Torah portion for this week. Uh, so this is the the same scriptures, just to sort of remind you a little bit, these are the same scriptures that the wider Jewish community around the world in synagogues are reading this week as well. So this is on the minds of the Jewish people who are actually reading it. Uh, so it's good for us to, as believers, spend some time looking at the same text, and God willing, what we talk about may provide sort of a, an opening, a common ground, an approach uh, that you might be able to take in ministering to the Jewish people in your life. Okay. Why don't you read some of the text uh, for us, Bobby, and then we'll run through it. All right. Sounds good. So Numbers chapter 16. I'm just going to read the first three verses here because these really set the stage uh, for what's going on here in the, in the narrative. So Numbers 16, verse 1. Now Korach, the son of Levi, with Datan and Aviram, the sons of Eliav, and On, the son of Pelet, sons of Reuben, took action. 
And they rose up before Moses, together with some of the sons of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, chosen in the assembly, men of renown. They assembled together against Moses and Aaron and said to them, You have gone far enough, for all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is in their midst. So why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? Great text. So I guess the moral of the story simply is do not rebel against God. (laughs) And there are horrible, horrible consequences. Yes. And uh, I fear for our nation. Sometimes I fear for my people, the Jewish people, uh, because um, rebellion, of course, is part of our sin nature. Mm -hmm. And we tend to rebel and shake our fist at God. But, you know, if I could cut to the chase, Bobby, one of the passages in the New Testament I really love. I can't help Mm -hmm. but just describe it. But God commendeth his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8, one of the first verses I ever memorized Mm. as a believer. And uh, when you look at all of the rebellion, when you look at uh, the way humanity shakes its fist in the face of God, and yet we see that God doesn't ignore the fist, but forgives the fist Mm. uh, because he loves us so much and wants to redeem us. And that's why he sent Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah, to die and rise. He he died um, so that we could be forgiven of our sin. Uh, But we have some great lessons. So tell me, what happened to this group of people and what was the nature of the rebellion? Yeah. I think is a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, right off the bat from the passages we just read, uh, I I would say that it has to do with a, a leadership struggle. Uh, these were, again, men of renown, 250 of them, and uh, Korach was taking the lead, uh, who grew frustrated with Moses and Aaron, who were the appointed leaders, uh, and they were appointed by God himself. So um, what's ironic about it is that part of their argument against Moses and Aaron is that they say that the entire assembly, the entire congregation, the entire nation of Israel, everyone is holy, every single one of them. And then the irony is that they are not acting so holy in that moment, in their rebellion. That uh, Their rebellion is evidence that uh, their whole argument just holds no water because they are not acting holy. They are not respecting and understanding and, and obeying God uh, in uh, submitting to him ultimately and the leaders that he put in place. Bobby, who exactly was Korah again? So, uh, again, Korach, in in verse 1, we learn that he was a Levite. Uh, He was part of the priestly line. So, do you think he was held to a higher standard because he was, his job was to make intercession before the Lord for the Jewish people? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, sometimes, as believers, even though we're forgiven, in a sense, God holds our work as a believer, our life as a believer, to a high standard mm-hmm. uh, because we have the power of the Holy Spirit, we've been forgiven, we've been transformed. And so it's not that we're, <laughs> as believers, we are incapable of being rebellious before God. Mm-hmm. And I think we rebellion always b- begins in the soul. Yeah. And the uh, book of James covers that quite well. And so... How do we prevent rebellion in our own soul, Bobby? Not that we would 
lose our salvation, but we might lose rewards. We want to have that intimate, personal fellowship with God. And when we're rebelling from the inside out, we just don't have that intimacy with God that we all desire so much. And I know as you're listening today and looking at this text, I hope you want that intimacy with God and our soul. It, it just keeps wanting to rebel. I remember after I became a believer, woke up the next morning, one of my deepest disappointments was before the end of the day, I had sinned. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, I probably sinned from morning till night, but I just didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I was so disappointed because I didn't want to sin anymore. I didn't want to rebel. I wanted to be different. But, you know, we still have a, a will, and God gives us a choice. Right. And so rebellion is something we don't have to allow to consume our souls. And this is one of the great passages in Scripture which teaches us that God is holy and that there are consequences to rebellion. And even when you're a believer, you can still rebel. But you have to ask the Lord to quell the rebellion in your own heart and soul right? so that you can be more obedient to him. Right. And I think I think that's a big part of it. So prayer, obviously, confession too. And uh, taking inventory. You know, Paul talks about uh, examine yourselves to make sure that you're in the faith. Uh, so this requires a sense of, uh, or a level, a certain level of introspection and, uh, you know, keeping uh, keeping a short account with the Lord. So when we do fall short uh, or when we are approached uh, by another believer, say, uh, who has an issue with us, and and if they point out something that that we we've done to offend them, and we didn't even realize it up to that point, well, uh, don't become defensive. Uh, listen to what they're saying. Listen to what they're saying, uh, and really, again, take uh, take inventory and and do some introspection and uh, seek the route of forgiveness and being at peace with everyone. And and again, a big part of that is humility. Yeah. Now, one other thing I want to point out real quick, Mitch, about uh, Korach and the fact that he was a Levite, right? Um, Which I think we can sort of learn from even today in the body. Uh, The Levites were supposed to be not just the mediators between God and and man, uh, but they were supposed to be the teachers. They were the one set of people within the larger nation of Israel who were uh, entrusted with interpreting God's word and teaching others about it. So really what we see happening here is not just a random Israelite, not just a Levite, but a teacher among Israel uh, rebelling against God. Absolutely. And rebelling against Moses and Aaron. One last point before we move on, and that is you see actually the grace of God in Scripture, even in the life of rebellious Korah, Mm. who I believe as a priest was held to a higher standard. Because... In 1 Chronicles chapter 6, verses 16 through 18, we find out that the prophet Samuel was actually a descendant of Korah. And I happen to love some of the psalms written by the sons of Korah. I'm a bit of a musician, as you know. Mm-hmm. And so there were 10 psalms composed by the sons of Korah. And so even though the family was swallowed by the earth, It was quite an earthquake. Yes, it was. And so even though the harshest of judgments was placed upon Korah and his descendants, in fact, uh, his line continued, and they continued to serve the Lord as Levites leading worship in the tabernacle and, and we assume, in the temple. Mm -hmm. And so you, you have to see God's grace. 
that because sometimes we wonder, how could God be so judgmental? How could God be so just? Well, God is just, and God is mm-hmm. also holy. And so God must punish sin. Right. And the only thing that stands between us and punishment is Jesus. Right. But the Lord also shows his grace. And the grace is that we can now sing 10 psalms from the sons of Korah that remind us of God's love, even for those who shake their fists at God. So there's always an opportunity to repent. Korah lost that chance. Right. But there's always an opportunity to, uh, to repent. So if you don't know the Lord at all, you can repent and accept Jesus as your Savior, and God will forgive your sins. And if you're a believer and you find rebellion stirring in your soul, ask God to, to stop it, and recognize it, uh, repent of it, ask God to forgive you of it, and remember that really He is gracious, merciful, and loving. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I can't help but think of Paul's words in Romans 11 where he says, Behold, the kindness and the severity of God leads us to repentance. Isn't it? It's wonderful. Well, thank God for uh, this text. And I think that there are lots of lessons to learn. And I hope that this has been helpful to each and every one of you. Here at Chosen People Ministries, it's our desire to be on the cutting edge of Jewish evangelism and to build up young people who have a strong desire to reach the Jewish people with the freedom that's found in the message of Messiah. If you'd like to partner with us, please go to chosenpeople.com radio. And you can even learn more about our internship programs that focus on such areas as missions, digital media, IT, and finance. Chosen People Ministries is ready. And with God's help and your prayers and financial support, we'll be able to equip more people this year than ever before. Once again, you can connect with us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. Thank you for partnering with us. One of our generous and faithful supporters recently asked, Mitch, what are your priorities for 2022? And I thought that was a great question. The answer is simple. We plan to go back to basics in 2022, focusing on evangelism, discipleship, and training. We're so excited by the ministry possibilities in 2022. This year, we are prioritizing in-person, I say in-person, evangelism of Jewish people with the strategy to win Jewish believers, disciple and train them, and help them serve the Lord. We're also looking to reach young secular Israelis for for the Lord. And we're planning to use various media in-person engagements and to share the love of Jesus with them any way we can. So we hope you will prayerfully consider supporting us this year. Your gifts will provide for our various ministries, the development of materials, and the production of our training programs. We are so thankful for your prayers and generous support. So God bless you and thank you for partnering with Chosen People Ministries as we share the gospel with Jewish people all across the globe. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now, we're going to hear from David Brody, who is an American commentator for the Christian Broadcasting Network. And David is Jewish. He grew up Jewish, but he never explored what he believed until he ended up at a church service in Times Square. You're going to love David. He is such an important brother. His comments on Israel and his understanding of Middle Eastern politics in light of the Bible are just superb. Looking back at my childhood, 
We were a reformed Jewish household. I remember being with my grandma, Grandma Cohen, and we were there on a Saturday. Well, hey, guess what? No brushing of the teeth and the lights are out in grandma's house. We do it, it's tradition, it's the high holy days, it's the Sabbath, the whole kit and caboodle. Bottom line is, I loved being Jewish and I still love being Jewish. It was in high school when things started to change and I didn't even realize it. Lisette was her name, a nice Gentile girl. So we met, we became best friends. She starts to tell me about this, uh, this guy named Jesus. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm Jewish. I'm never gonna believe in this Jesus that you talk about. I mean, I don't do the Jesus thing, just so you know, so uh, that, that's interesting, but good for you. Well, we're still gonna be friends and all, obviously. As much as I was saying we Jews don't believe in Jesus, the truth of the matter is, is if the question afterwards would have been, well, why not? I didn't have an answer. It's cultural. You think that you're, okay, hey, you're Jewish. You do these things, X, Y, and Z. Jesus is nowhere in there. So I was interested in these things of God, I guess. I mean, I was just curious. I was asking some questions. So she decided to take me to this church in New York called Times Square Church. So I go in and I got to tell you, uh, it wasn't necessarily the synagogue experience, if you know what I mean. There were tambourines, people were raising their hands and worshiping God, clearly. And I'm going, where am I? What in the world is this? This is not how I grew up at all. I'll be honest with you, part of me wanted to leave. But a bigger part of me wanted to stay. I was intellectually curious. I mean, that's the truth. I wanted to know more about what was going on with all these people and their tambourines and their outstretched arms. And I listened to the, to the pastor. He was speaking about this Jesus like I had never heard before. This idea that this Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And I'm trying to understand this. I'm like, what, what does that even mean? I mean, we, we Jews, we don't, we don't hear these terms. We don't understand any of this. It was an invitation to lay everything down. In other words, all of your sins and all of the mess ups in your life and everything and just lay it down and realize that Jesus, we call him Yeshua, actually came down from heaven to earth and literally died for our sins. I was ingesting all of it and I thought it was very, very interesting and he called it a free gift. We're at a prayer meeting in Colorado Springs. We walk in, we're new to town, don't know anybody there whatsoever, but once again, I had not made any decision for Jesus, Yeshua, I had not done that. And we're sitting there at the prayer meeting and a guy by the name of Lorenzo comes up to me. Never met him before. He talks about how I grew up Jewish and that I was thinking about this decision about laying my life down for Jesus. And I'm like, whoa, I, how do you even know any of this? 
we had come with nobody. We were new to town. He knew everything. No one fed him a line. It was really miraculous, if you think about it. Somewhat prophetic. Well, my heart started to flutter. It was racing. And I'm hearing it all, and it's making sense, and I'm listening, and there's this moment in front of me. I decide right there at that prayer meeting to give my life to Yeshua. I've tried to talk to my mom about Jesus, about Yeshua, and I say, Mom, you realize that uh, Jesus was Jewish. She goes, I thought he was Protestant. I, I think that point kind of put me right back into my childhood. A bunch of tradition, a bunch of not really exploring, not really knowing anything about the Bible. We Jews, we're smart, we're creative, we're inventive. We do a lot of great things. So my charge, my suggestion is use your brain, be curious. You're curious about everything else. Be curious about God. Be curious about who he is, because if you are, he will reveal himself to you. But you must be authentic. Do it. It'll be the best decision you ever make. Be curious. From humble beginnings in Brooklyn, New York, to serving in 18 countries across the globe, Chosen People Ministries exists to share the knowledge of Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, with God's chosen people. Our outreach programs include evangelism and discipleship, messianic centers and congregations, and equipping local churches for Jewish evangelism. If you have a heart to reach the Jewish people in your community with the love of Messiah, connect with us today. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com radio. And then be sure to check out our I Found Shalom videos. You'll find the links to these resources and so much more on our website. And with your help, we'll continue proclaiming the good news through Yeshua the Messiah to Jewish people around the world for years to come. To learn more, go to chosenpeople.com radio. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to learn more about this weekly program, then let me encourage you to stop by our website and explore. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com radio. We have a variety of resources available, and we even have a free gift just for you for reaching out. We sure do, Bobby. In fact, when you connect with us today, we'll send you a copy of our 52-week devotional guide entitled The Portion, along with a portion bookmark that'll help you follow along with our weekly readings. This is all part of the ministry of chosen people as we seek to equip believers to share the glorious message of Yeshua to God's chosen people. And if you'd like to partner with us financially on a monthly basis, consider joining our Watchmen for Jerusalem giving program. It's a very simple way for you to support our staff in the field, in the U.S., Israel, and around the world as they witness to Jewish people day in and day out. And you can learn a lot more about this wonderful program when you visit us online at chosenpeople.com slash radio. That's chosenpeople.com slash radio. You can also learn more by writing to us at Chosen People Ministries, 241 East 51st Street, New York, New York, 10022. And right now, let's wrap up today's message with the Aaronic Benediction. Adonai
Yair panavelecha bichuneka. Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.